Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of the IA Cast. All right, with me today, we have a good panel for our discussion, and I think this is going to be one of the more interesting discussions that we're going to have on the show, uh, and it's something that has to come up occasionally. But uh, to talk about all these things, we have Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. And a new uh, voice to the show, she's been on some of our Unbox cast, but the first actual IA cast, Lauren Flinner. Hello, everyone. All right. So today's topic is going to be kind of long, so we have very little news to talk about, but it appears that the uh, fight between Apple and Epic Games is still on. Both sides believe that they are, uh, you know, still right in the whole thing, but um, it the lawsuits are still going to go forward, so we will see, you know, what happens. But again, I still think Apple is mostly in the right on this one. I think Apple, in a lot of ways, is definitely in the right as well. But, I mean, regardless of what happens, I think the case is slated to take uh, – the, the, the trial was supposed to be like a three-week trial. So we've got two more weeks, I think. Yeah, I think this is just the first week. So we have two more weeks to go before we see any verdicts. But either way, I think there are some changes that may be forced uh, – that Apple may be forced to make, even if they win the court battle. Um, of 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 the against Epic, there I can speak. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen. But Lauren or Taylor, have you guys been following this? Yes, I have actually, and I it's been an interesting development for sure. And it's just like I said, we're just going to have to kind of see what happens, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been an interesting interesting piece of news for sure to uh, follow. I have not, but I'm sure it will be a very a very interesting topic to watch pan out. Oh, it definitely is. All the stuff that we've learned about how Apple and uh, and Epic operate, you can find all kinds of stuff. If you search on places like The Verge and whatnot, they all have information on, on what's going on. So Basically, it, it's all based on the game Fortnite. Um, Epic wanted to sneak a change into the App Store version of Fortnite where they would add their own... Uh, V-Bucks, I guess it was called. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to uh, add their own store in Fortnite without, um, you know, having to use Apple's in-app purchase system and things like that. And they did it. Apple told them, don't do it. They snuck the update in where it wasn't active until they pressed a button. And then it was. And then uh, Apple immediately pulled it from the App Store. And Google followed suit as well. So... It, it's very interesting. Even Google is not cool on this. Yeah, and I know we're trying to keep this this topic pretty short because we do have a lot to discuss in the main show, but Epic knew exactly what they were doing. This was pre-planned. They knew they were potentially going to get pulled out of the store because they want to... It's For them, it's about the control that, that Apple has over the App Store, and they see it as a monopolistic practice, and uh, it's... It's going to potentially be definitely interesting, regardless of how this plays out. For sure. So we'll we'll watch the lawsuit, and in a few weeks we may have more to report on this on the show. So uh, it, it's very interesting because it could mean a difference in the App Store's uh, policies and, and review guidelines and things like that in the future. So it's something to watch. Definitely. All right. So I personally believe this topic is very important, and uh, this this actually comes from uh, Jason. So, uh, Jason, why don't you talk about uh, your topic? And uh, um, you know, I'm curious how you came up with this and uh, how you want to start off things off. So go ahead and talk about it. All right. Midi, midi, midi. Music, music, music. Sing, sing, sing. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, in all seriousness, though, due to you know so many people having to be f uh, having to work from home during the uh, pandemic, I was thinking, you know, a lot of us have our computers 
uh, and they're here for entertainment. They're here for, you know, watching stuff on Netflix, browsing the web, doing the occasional FaceTime call to help grandma check her email. And they aren't really set up for working from home. And what may work for entertainment purposes may not work for work purposes. So I was thinking that it would be a good idea to do a show. Um, you know, if you do have to purchase a computer for yourself to work from home, kind of going over what to look for when purchasing a computer and what it all means and why you should care as a consumer as to what this stuff means. Um, so Michael thought it sounded interesting, so why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. So I guess, uh, and, and I think this is a good way to start this off. Um, I would like to know what computers people use for uh, work. Uh, so Jason, since you brought this whole thing up, what computers do you use? Basically my MacBook Pro. I mean, for the work I do for accessibility, it's been working quite nicely. So, Okay. Uh, Taylor, um, what is your main uh, device that you use for work? So I have a Lenovo uh, ThinkPad. Um, it's actually more than like a, a ThinkPad. And since I actually got it from one of my uh, friends uh, new when they were moving out of their old apartment. But it's actually really nice because it's not just the consumer model. It's actually one step above. So it's like the pro model. So it's like a Lenovo ThinkPad something or other. I can't remember the exact name, but it's kind of the next step up. And it works really great for running my business and for entertainment, just kind of a general purpose. I also have a dysfunctional MacBook Pro at the moment, <laughs> um, which I am uh, attempting to get fixed, but I have used that in the past for different things, although that one is not as powerful as this uh, Windows system that I have. Okay, and Lauren, what about you? Um, so I'm currently running on a MacBook Pro, and then also I use an iPad, which is pretty much what I work off of the most, but for, you know, larger tasks and things like that, I'll use my MacBook. Excellent. For my work from home computer, like my day, you know, day job computer, I use a, um, a Dell Latitude. Uh, it's kind of just a very basic machine, but uh, it gets the job done. Uh, I don't use assistive technology on it beyond Windows magnifier. So uh, it, it is what it is. It does what it needs to do. So, but for app development, obviously I use Macs and, uh, uh Funny thing is my my entertainment machine is actually a Windows computer. So uh, I mainly stick on the Macs whenever I'm working, you know, for myself and I use what I'm given at my day job to do my day job. So Jason, where would you like to go next? What uh, what questions would you like to, to give the panel on this topic? Well, if we're talking about, you know, computers and stuff, um, do we want to go ahead and maybe talk about terminology first let's do let's talk about brands like what brands are good oh, for there we what? go there's a lot of different computer brands out there and some are better for some things than others for instance you know dell is my least favorite brand out there but it's they make good work performance computers like the the precision line you know if you're looking for something you know for at the precision line is going to be their tanks and, you know, it's, it's just going to hold up. But Lenovo is really good, too, like you have, Taylor. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really great, yeah. And, you know, the ThinkPad line, I believe, came from IBM. So Yeah, they did, actually. Um, you know, there's, there, those are going to be great machines. They are. Asus is also a decent brand nowadays. Oh, they've, they've always been a good brand. They, uh, you know... They've been really good for gaming, but um, you know they're they're really good. The the one I would always tell people to stay away from. I've never had good luck with is a uh, Acer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My aunt had an Acer laptop, and I believe she had gone through what two of them. I think. Luckily, it was under warranty when she did it, but mm. yeah, it, it 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 was not a very reliable machine. Yeah. Another one I'd stay away from is HP. I've actually had good luck with HP. It really? Depends. I was about to say, they're not terrible. They're, they're pretty I've good. had the worst luck with them. It depends on the model. They have several different lines of computers, kind of like Dell. Right, um, the cheaper ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the, the consumer models of HP I've had trouble with. Yeah. I had uh, a like, Presario. It was great. Um, I've never really used the Presario models, but the, just that brand name, like that model, 
takes me back a long time. I remember those. From oh, a long compact. Time ago. Yep. <laughs> yeah, mine actually. Uh, mine actually was uh, back in two thousand nine. I, 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 I think it still said compact, but it was it was HP at that point. You know basically. that Com- Compact's headquarters was in Houston. Were they interesting? Mm-hmm. We uh, one time going to Austin uh, whenever I was uh, very young. We went by the. Uh, it, the compact headquarters was off the road, so it was really neat to getting to see that. Huh. HP, they make pretty good machines. Yeah, their as long Spectre as you line get, seems to the be Spectre nice. line is really the best, and they also make some of the best printers, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the one that I have was like the Pavilion or something, and that's the one that I wouldn't really recommend. I think that's the cheapest. Yeah, that's why we got it for like three hundred at Costco or something. I think my girlfriend still has. An HP Pavilion from like 2008 or six. Wow! Wow! Oh, wow! Yeah, and now she has an Asus ZenBook that she uses. Those which, are nice machines. Yeah, and it are. almost feels like a Mac. Like that's insane. Well, you know, a lot of like the Razer uh, computers. That you know, that's a little bit past the the, the scope of this one of this podcast. But uh, Razer computers are very much, uh, you know, very they look very much like Macs. Apple has just. They've they've spoiled me with their aluminum cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not even just that, but that kind of a, a wedge shape or that uh, yeah. unibody kind of design is very mm-hmm. popular, and everybody tries to mimic that. Right. And since I mentioned Apple, of course, you know everybody knows Apple's lineup: the MacBook Pro, the Air, the iMac, the iPad. And obviously, those are pretty good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's funny because we're like, oh, we just assume the the Apple stuff is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, one of the biggest questions I have is Lauren, what, what do you do on your iPad? Like, how do you make that work for you through productivity? Whereas a lot of people don't think about using the iPad as a computer or they try and fail. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the iPad for most of my workflow. Actually. Um, I've been going to school for a while now trying to get my associates in computer science and, um, a lot of the classwork, not so much coding on the iPad, but a lot of the assignments worked perfectly on the iPad. And so then I started kind of transitioning over to, you know, more web design and more more things like that. And I use WordPress for a lot of my, my web design and things like that. And I love the spatial aspect that the iPad gives. I mean, really, the only thing that I can't do on the iPad is a lot of the coding stuff. And apparently that's, you know, it's going to make an appearance pretty soon hopefully so uh yeah yeah and um and jason you do a lot of audio editing you you do all that on the on the mac um Mm -hmm. and i guess with the m1 that's has that changed your workflow you know i mean if by changing your workflow you mean sped it up to the point of which i can't stop talking about it then yes um (laughs) no like it's i i do I edit when I do edits for our shows. I edit them in Audacity, um, mm-hmm. which for those of you guys who who may not know, Audacity is a open source cross platform audio editing software. It also allows you to do multi track and stuff. But I use Audacity, and even running under Rosetta, which is Apple's, you could sort of think of Rosetta if Intel and M1 were speaking different languages. Rosetta could sort of maybe be thought of as a translation software so that the M1 CPU understands how to run the software that is designed for uh, Intel CPUs so they can speak the same language and run. I like to think of it as uh, gasoline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. I feel like it's more of a translator. Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's not. It, well, the differences between the two processors, they're the, you know, think of one as being regular gas, one's being diesel. And one usually does not work for the other. And so there is, you know, stuff in there, you know, that that on the Mac that makes it to where both types of fuel could be used in the same car. Yeah, I think both analogies work. But the thing is, is that, you know, we're seeing so many processors and we'll talk about processors and just, but it's just nice that we have options, right? It's right. We're starting to see a really big change in computing where, you know, you could get your work done on a Windows computer or a Mac or an iPad. And, you know, you don't have a lot 
to worry about, you know. Um, one that we haven't mentioned, though, that I really think is very important for mentioning is the surface line. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Machines are fantastic for getting work done. And I think the Surface laptop is kind of the that average sweet spot between the Surface Book and the, the Surface Pro if you're looking for more sit down at a desk, not as mobile of a solution. Mm-hmm. Even if the uh, keyboard area is more fabric than anything, which is weird on a laptop, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind well, like a type cover. The, but. I thought you could get the keyboard customized. Like the now material you can. of the keyboard customized, can you know? Now you can. It used to be just where it had that like that type cover feel, like on the mm. Surface Pro. Yeah, that so. would be odd. But yeah, they have good specs, and I'm even. I think I saw that they may even have uh, discrete graphics cards now. Oh wow! I think I saw that too. So that might make them even better of an option. Um, and they have touch screens, unlike the Max. So yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's really interesting, you know, the different brands. And it's all personal preference. If you want the cheaper, the Dells and the HP are going to be your best bet. Now, again, you're looking at uh, not as good a quality of components or, or hardware. But it's going to give you that work feel, you know. You're not going to want to say, oh, I've got this Dell Latitude 5590 laptop. Let me go fire up some... Uh, do maternal or some, uh, <laughs> or some, uh, you know, really awesome games on it. No, you look at that computer and you say, that's a work machine. Yep. That's all <laughs> it's going to do. And that's all it will ever do. It's like the PC. It's like, I can, uh, make pie charts yeah. in the <laughs> Mac versus PC commercials mm-hmm. yeah. and the Mac's but, making like the schedules and stuff. And unfortunately like the Mac, it can do some great graphic stuff. It's great for creating, you know, audio or video or apps. But, you know, when we kind of take it out of the work realm, it flounders because game support is terrible. Yes. But, I mean, the workflow is great on it for a creator or someone who is, I mean, you can pretty much do anything in the creative space on it. Whereas, you know, Windows computers, they're really mm-hmm. good for the workspace and... Yeah. It really just depends on kind of what you're doing and, and what you're looking for in a computer right. as to where you go. And especially, I feel like if you're a musician, the Mac is really the way to go because Windows, for instance, depending on your ports and your availability and stuff, like for me, I have to use my keyboard, my, my, my music keyboard. I have to connect it to my computer via Bluetooth. And now that's doubly important since I have the Mac I have. Windows doesn't like to do that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like on my Mac, it's basically just plug and play. On Windows, there's stuff you have to install that I've tried mm-hmm. to install and I couldn't get it to work, and just you know. mm-hmm. so. So let's move on to um, some of the the things that you need to look at when buying a computer, and this is where we kind of get into the very technical portion because as much as we want to say i just can buy a computer and go it's not true even if you're doing office applications and email all the way up through building apps and editing video there's always things to consider Mm -hmm. and my first piece of advice is uh, when it comes to ram friends don't let friends get four gig <laughs> Unless those friends are getting Chromebooks, and we didn't even really talk about Chromebooks. Well, you know, the Chromebooks are usually relegated just to the school space. Yes. That's actually becoming less and less true nowadays. Oh, really? Yeah. I was actually reading an article. I don't remember who wrote it, but they were talking about um, doing a lot of work on a Chromebook uh, for their work from home because all they had to, all they were really doing was stuff on Slack and checking emails and, um, working with with uh documents and spreadsheets and stuff and they were able to do it pretty successfully yeah but if you're in a very enterprise environment where you're going to have vpns and uh, an office environment they're they're going to have the windows computers Uh, yeah um i mean even developing on a chromebook you can do it but it's going to take a oh yeah (laughs) um chrome os supports um you can install linux on chromebook Yep. So you can actually install uh, VS Code, uh, which is Visual Studio Code. You can install uh, Android Studio and build Android apps. You can build. You can install 
all these different developer environments. Now the the question is, does your device have enough space to store those (laughs) very big programs? Or how well will it run after being installed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if all the Linux dependencies are there to support it, because, you know, that's always fun too. So So really, do you want to put in the work? (laughs) Right. Pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, Chromebooks are, you know, Google makes some really good Chromebooks, but, uh, you know, HP and Samsung and other brands make them as well. So, you know, look for what you need. But, you know, on to, you know, what we're talking about with the memory, you want to stick with something with at least eight gigs of RAM. I mean, I think that's very the most essential yes. thing yeah. um, because your operating system takes up a lot of that if you only have four gigs. And then if you are uh, using Zoom text or you're using assistive technology or you're using any blindness-related you know, product or you know, any assistive technology, you're going to be um, using a lot of your memory to, to make that work. Definitely true. I have a PC. It's a Inspiron. It's a Dell Inspiron thirty-seven thirty-seven, and uh, it's got six gigs of RAM. It was uh, it came out I think in two thousand thirteen, and I think one of the only reasons that I'm able to get away with that is mostly because I don't use it for much. Like I'll use it for Discord occasionally. I'll use it for a little bit of gaming, but. And by gaming, I don't mean, you know, graphic-intensive games, obviously, because I can't see them. But I, I think that's really the only reason I'm able to get away with that. It's definitely not easy. Even, if, like I said, even if you're doing stuff like virtual machines, try, you know, trying to run, you know. Right. Because the like thing about... possible. Because the thing about RAM, it's really how much memory does your computer have to access and run multiple applications and 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 things at the same time right yep and so the more and 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 it stand ram actually stands for random access memory so it can be accessed at any time by the by the computer and what it needs but the more ram you have the more apps that you're going to be able to have open at the same time the more memory your computer is going to have to manage tasks that you're not even going to see that help keep it up and running so really I agree with what everybody's been saying. I would get at least 8 gigs of RAM. RAM's kind of like short-term memory. How much short-term memory does your computer have? That's also, your... your mm-hmm. I was just saying, that's not a bad analogy. It isn't, yeah. Um, you know, you, you load your... your you, not just your applications, but your, your photos and any files you're playing get loaded there, too. So if you're loading a big wireframe 3D model on your computer... It's going to need the RAM to load it and the video memory and uh, some other things. But, you know, 8 gigs is the minimum, I would say, a person needs in today's time to yes. to be productive. Mm-hmm. If you can do 16, 16 is great. I wouldn't say a person really needs any more than 32. No. Nope. For normal compute tasks, I would agree with you. Definitely. I mean... If you're doing some major like 5K, 8K renders of video, you've you know you know what you're doing, and you probably don't even need to be listening to this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's kind of the big thing there is knowing what uh, what's best, and you know, eight gigs is pretty good for everybody. The computer that I'm recording on right now is eight gigs of RAM. It's on an eight gig of RAM M1. Which means it's right, faster. Which is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still 8 gigs of RAM. There are still things I could do if I had a 16 gigs of RAM computer. But I got this one on purpose for a reason with 8 gigs. Right. And I've actually heard of people being able to use apps like Logic, which is Apple's pro music creation app, on the M1 Mac with 8 gigs of RAM. So mm-hmm. I feel like, at least with the M1 line, RAM is you should still consider how much memory you're going to need and how much you'll need in the future, but I don't know that you have to worry about it quite as much as you do if you're getting an Intel Mac or if you're getting mm-hmm. a, a, a PC or something like that. And there's a lot of computers out there, a lot of PC manufacturers like Lenovo, uh, Asus, and uh, others that build these, build their laptops especially, and, and even more on the desktops, where it's um, removable. 
So what you may start with is not necessarily what you have to have, but a lot of brands are now going where everything is put together on the chip so it's not upgradable. And of course, they want you to do that. They want to do that so that you have to go buy a new computer. Or at least spend more money on the one you're buying. Right. So but yeah, so definitely RAM. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to make sure that you have enough RAM for what you need. Um, hard drive space. Yes, hard drive space. And you know, um, the term hard drive is a very loosely used term now, because we don't actually have the standard hard drives that we're used to. Uh, you know, back in the back in the day, listen to me. Um, a lot of people <laughs> still have day. a lot of people still have these drives. So you know. Uh, the original kind of hard drive technology after tapes, or anybody gets nitpicky, I want to specify after tapes. <laughs> we um, we had uh, spinning drives where uh, you could actually hear the the little platters spinning inside the the computer, and they made a lot of noise as data was being read. Now we have these little chips called SSDs, uh, which solid I'm blank- state drives. Yeah, solid state drives that uh, are basically like your computer's RAM. They make very little noise, and people still debate with me, but I still say SSDs make noise. They do. They I do. can hear. I can hear my Mac SSD making noise. Now, to be fair, I have to like put my ear basically by the Mac in order to hear yeah. it, and it's this, <laughs> but it's this really high-pitched, like, I want to say it's almost like a beeping sound, but it's not quite like a beep it's like a i don't know how to describe it but it's this high-pitched electronic mm-hmm. electronic it exists sound. people <laughs> yes it does yes. my dell latitude that i use for work like it's sitting next to me whenever i'm doing other things and whenever it decides to do the it has sent a software update get ready um and it's getting itself ready to do the update it makes a lot of noise definitely yeah. it's it's very interesting like mm-hmm because it's not fan noise, because I hear that separately, but it makes a very higher pitch noise, kind of like, and it sounds almost like hard drive clicks, like the same kind of patterns. Sort of, but it's still kind of different. It like, is, but. It's very hard to describe, mm-hmm. but it's totally there. My Pixelbook did it. I think I've even heard my iPhone do it. Yes, but that's your really iPhone will to... do it too. Yes, I've heard that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, all of that to say. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, your hard drive space is very important. And, um, you know, a lot of computers will say, you can get this computer for very cheap at 128 gigs. Just say no. Kind of like drugs. Just say no. Uh, (laughs) You do not want to just stick with 128 gigabytes of space. Your computer will load that up quickly with things that you probably don't need, but have a hard time getting rid of. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, can you do it? Yes. Should you do it? My opinion is not if you want to future-proof yourself. Mm-hmm. And and just for reference, a gig, when we say gigs, a little bit of a computer uh, education, lesson, education lesson here. One letter, like the letter A, is one byte, which is made up of eight bits. So eight a bit is basically you flipping your light switch on or off, zero and one. So think of the letter A as flipping your light switch on and off eight times in a certain pattern. Uh, so we have bits and bytes. So if we have, uh, you know, 128 gigabytes, uh, we have 120. We have uh, 1,000 um, bytes is a kilobyte. Uh, it's technically 1024, but we'll leave the semantics out of this right now. Um, a thousand uh, kilobytes is a megabyte, so it's one million bytes, and then uh, one billion uh, bytes is a gigabyte. One trillion, um, uh, did I say gigabyte already? Yes. <laughs> I'm confused. Yes, uh, is a terabyte. So we have all of these different measurements of of space, and um, you know, if like a lot of people will go out and say, oh, I've, there's an eight terabyte. Uh, Drive on Amazon. That's a nice drive. That's 8 trillion bytes. Uh, And it may sound like that's a lot, but it's really not. You know, uh, I have a few games that are 80 gigabytes a piece. Those are some big programs, let me tell you. 
Um, if you and and if you go and turn the um, the setting to high quality audio in the Audible app, uh, these books become huge. Like nineteen hour long book becomes one point one nine gigabytes. That will fill up your <laughs> iPhone really quick. Right, and even Logic. If you download Logic, I don't remember how big the GarageBand stuff is, but if you download Logic and you download all the Apple sounds and stuff, that's about 60 gigs, mm-hmm. and that's just the Apple stuff. Mm-hmm. Once so, you start adding onto it, you're going to be using even more and more space, so you really want to consider what you're going to be doing with your computer mm-hmm. and how much space you really need, because you well, don't want to run out of room. What would you say would be like the minimum amount of space? 256. Yeah, me personally, 256. My fact, preferred comfortable limit is 512. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me in a, in a good spot is one terabyte. Mm-hmm. The computer I'm recording on right now is 512. And mine's a terabyte. And honestly, I, I haven't even filled up half the drive yet. But I also was considering what I would want to do with this machine in the future and how much I might have on it in mm-hmm. a few years' time. And, so. as, and as long as you get a, dry, a computer with an SSD, you're going to be good because there might be ways for SSDs to fail, but typically it's going to take a lot to burn one out. What is it like the average lifespan of an SSD, I think, is about, what, 10 years? 10 years. Uh, doing full read writes for the entire 10 years. And, you know, another thing that you can do, and it's something to consider, is when you are buying a computer and you you do just realize that you haven't purchased enough hard drive space, you can, if, if, if you don't know how to do it, if you've got a friend that can do it for you or a computer place that can do it for you, now granted they'll probably charge you for it, you can replace the hard drive in your machine with a bigger drive if the machine allows you to do that. Macs mm-hmm. don't. At least the newer Macs don't. Right. And there are also external hard drives, but you'd have to keep in mind that if you've got stuff you access on a daily basis sitting on an external drive, you're going to have to connect that drive to your machine. If you have a laptop, that can be a little less convenient mm-hmm. than if it were just a desktop. So, And the funny thing is a lot of desktops like the new iMac are becoming uh, are more like laptops or iPads than anything else these days. So, Yeah, but you're, you're not going to carry an iMac and sit it on your lap all the time, bring it, you know, from room to room in your house, most funny of the time. Funny thing is, they least. do. Funny thing is, they do make backpacks to carry iMacs to different places now. Really, I did not yeah. know that. Wow. <laughs> no. I um, mean, and as light as they're getting now, and as thin as they are, you could probably take it from your room to room. <laughs> you know, I worked with a with a person uh, learning the iMac, and he said, uh, "I said, well, man, I wish I could see it because it's you know." It would be easier for me to work with it. And he was, you know, a customer at my day job. And he said, no problem. I'll just bring it from home tomorrow. I'm like, how are you going to do that? Like, how are you not going to break it? He's like, oh, I got a, a rolling bag that will hold it just fine. And you could buy these apparently on Amazon. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> it also helped that he lived pretty close to where I worked. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was a 27-inch iMac. It was not a small machine. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, he brought it in. We hooked it up. And we you know, worked on it, but it's really interesting, you know. Wow. Definitely. Nice dedication right there. Right? <laughs> so, that's that's the thing, you know, it, you just have to, as far as hard drive space, it's very important to make sure you have enough, especially these days. Um, right, because your operating system is going to take up a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. The more software it comes with preloaded, the more it's going to take up. Right. And the less you're going to have to store your files that you actually want. Or need. But let's talk about processors. So, what is a processor? I'm, I'm kind of curious what y'all's takes on, uh, like, what your take on a computer processor is. My take on a computer processor is it's like the engine of a car. The beefier the processor, the bigger the car engine, or the faster the car engine, the faster your computer is going to be able to run. You know, you put a faster engine in a car, you're going to get much faster zero to 60 times you put a faster cpu in a computer it's going to boot a bit faster and run everything just faster and i feel like this is a very basic analogy that i kind of think of when i i I think of what a what a processor is and it kind of goes back to your analogy michael earlier of gasoline versus diesel engines with cpu Mm -hmm. types but lauren what about you what what is your take on the whole processor thing like how they work yeah, I actually really like that analogy. It's kind of the way I think of it, too. Taylor, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it's it's a great analogy. Another thing that I uh, was taught, I guess, at the computer science, you know, when we did this unit, it's kind of like the brains of the computer, you know. So it's kind of what they now obviously take that with a grain of salt, you know, like because that's what I said in college. But yeah, I like Jason's analogy actually a little bit more. Well, it it is very much like the brain, but all of the things that were mentioned apply, right? Right. Um, Everything applies. Yeah. Um, your your processor is where all of the thinking is done. Exactly. And there's even memory on the processor to hold things in place as it's working called, uh, it has its own cache of memory. And your processor is, has what are called clock speeds. And they also have what are called uh, cores. So the more cores you have, the faster the processor, uh, or the more tasks the processor can perform at a certain speed. So obviously the, the higher the speed is uh, great, but also the number of cores you have is also even better. So those are important things there. Right. And that goes back to to engines again. You know, you can have a, a, a Geo Metro, which is a really small car, right, with a three-cylinder engine, and you can be going about, you know, 60 miles an hour down the road. But if you have a bigger car, which you could think of as more the more tasks for the CPU to load, to do, you're going to need a bigger, uh, you know, potentially more cores to get the same job done in the same amount of time, just as you would a bigger engine for a bigger vehicle to travel at the same speed. Mm -hmm. That was slightly confusing, but... (laughs) So when you hear, um, you know, this computer has an i3 and it's $200, uh, so that's an Intel chip, and it means it's on the lower end of the spectrum as far as how, how well it's going to work. Um, or Core M, or whatever they're called these days. Uh, back in the day, they had the Atom processors. These, these are chips you want to stay away from. Yep. I don't know what the low end on the AMD spectrum are. I, I just haven't used them as much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just know my uh, Ryzen um, 4900 is amazing in my gaming computer, but that's beside the point. Um, so if you're looking at something that says it has an Intel processor, stick with anything i5 and greater, preferably i7, for two reasons. One, um, you know, the i5 will be right in the middle of the pricing spectrum, and two, upgradability is going to be, you know, or longevity is what I meant, uh, will be better the higher po- uh, power your processor is. And, uh, you know, there's, there's like ninth generation i7, 10th generation i7, higher the number, better that you know the newer it is but also keep in mind it's going to use more power too so if the amount of power draw that your computer takes is important to you that's also something you're going to in fact i actually read an article talking about intel's newest cpus and uh somebody was doing a test that was a, it was a gaming machine and they actually found that the ice the i5 was a better balance between power and speed compared to the i7 and the i9s. In fact, I think in some tasks, they said the i7 and the i9s were a bit slower. See, those articles you have to be very careful with. The reason why I say that is, is because then you have things like the Surface Book, which has an i7, but they scale it back to actually support the tablet. So, you know, it just, you have to look at each machine individually and say, okay, uh, Reading reviews are going to really help you out here. Articles will... The the thing I've found about articles on a lot of these tech sites is they'll they'll have all these claims and say these things. But it's important to kind of go between and, and get second opinions because while they say these things, you know, they say all kinds of stuff about the Mac which really turned out to be not true. And the, the thing about processors and using a computer is... Each, each machine has to be looked at on an individual basis. How well does it perform certain tasks compared to others? Because like Rene Ritchie like, likes to say, it's not all about the, 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 um, the, the, the stats, the clock speeds, and the core counts. It's what does the processor do for the machine that it's in. So, you know, those are things, you know. Um, for example, um, I just bought this gaming laptop from a friend. And I'll tell you what. Um, it, I knew it was a good deal, but I still went and I watched at least 20 different YouTube videos, read at least 10 different articles just comparing it to other models. 
of, of similar size and dimension and, and specs before I had decided, yes, this was a good deal for the amount of money and for the specs that I was getting, especially since it had already been out for a year. So, you know, though your research is going to be important as well. Definitely. Do you guys have anything else y'all want to add about processors? No. Honestly, like the one thing I would say is if you have the ability to go and look at the machine, if you can, before you decide whether or not you want to buy it, I would do so. Right. For sure. Because you're going to be able to determine what you think of its keyboard. I mean, if you do a lot of typing, the keyboard experience is going oh, to be very important so to you. important. Um, butterfly keyboard. Um, ah, no, that's <laughs> I don't like my MacBook Pro because it has that keyboard on it. <laughs> right. But you'd be able to do things like determine if, if the keyboard has enough key travel, you know, how far the key presses when you press the, press it to type the, the characters. Um, and, and, and just the style as well. Mm-hmm. So if you can, I would, I would, I would highly recommend trying to look at the machine at a, at a, at a store before you decide to buy it. Now, you know, obviously reviews and things exist. So if that's not something you're able to do for one reason or another, then you can, of course, buy machines from places like Amazon and stuff. But I want to talk about two other very important topics before we wrap up today. And we're, we're getting short on time. But one of the biggest and most important thing is look at the software and reviews of software that your machine has. Because the way that a lot of these companies get you is you'll buy a cheap $200 machine but it has Norton antivirus on it or McAfee antivirus or, or both of them or both or I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And these, there's a lot of, we call it bloatware that gets put on these machines and that's how they're able to offer them at such cheap prices because software manufacturers are putting this junk. And I'm using that term seriously junk on people's computers and they're not getting the basic windows experience that they should be promised. When I put the SSD drive into my uh, my PC, I didn't even bother doing a disk dump or copying every piece of information off the original hard drive onto the new one. I just downloaded Windows 10 and just installed it fresh, and I am so glad I did that. I mean, I still have Dell drivers and stuff, of course, because Windows 10 downloaded them and everything. But Exactly, yep. It's just Windows. I yep. always recommend doing fresh installs whenever, because that way it gets rid of all that stuff. Um, and trust me, uh, yeah, the other day I was working with a client who had make it, uh, McAfee, whatever the heck you want to call that thing, Norton, and like three other things that came with that computer. And it was a pretty high-end computer, but they still throw them on there. So just do a fresh install. It will save well, you if you can. If, yeah, you, if you know how to. Right. If, well, and if your yeah. machine even has a lot, a lot of bloatware, you right. know there are manufacturers that are are uh, more notorious for bloatware than others. You know, you're going to see a lot with Dell, uh, HP, even mm-hmm. Toshiba will have a lot of stuff on there. Of course, Microsoft is going to have the stock experience. Um, with a Mac, you're not going to have a lot of stuff other than <laughs> Apple's apps that you can delete. Samsung, I've heard, has some stuff. Um, MSI is usually pretty good and Asus is really good as well. And the last thing I want to bring up is also very important is make sure the computer you're going to buy has the ports that you need. Yes. Yes. Uh, That is very important because if you need a flash drive, uh, or some, some kind of key that you need to use to unlock your computer, uh, or to set up an unlock, um, that's USB-A, you're not going to want to use a computer that, like a Mac that just has all USB-C unless you have adapters. Right. So, uh, And like this computer only has two ports. I can use one for power, one for something else. That's yep. it. Yep. So, um, and there's a headphone jack, but, you know, that's one that you have to consider those things. Exactly. For my workflow, it's generally not a problem. That being said, I do wish the M1 Mac had more ports because the thing I don't like about dongles um, and adapters is you've got multiple points of failure there. Like this computer that I have here has uh, my work computer has 
two or three USB-A ports. I don't believe it has any USB-C. It has a VGA adapter. Yes, I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, and it has uh, HDMI and Ethernet and um, a headphone jack, and that's it. Right. And my PC, I think, has... I think it has three USB... A... Th- uh, three... USB 3... Three USB 3A ports. Well, that was really hard to say. <laughs> I think it has a USB uh, 2.1A port. I think it has HDMI. It's got Ethernet. It has a CD drive, y'all. Oh, my God. I, I was going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. So... You know, it's important to, you know, to know, like, USB-A is the typical USB port. You know, uh, USB-C is kind of the up-and-coming thing, but uh, it's still working on it. Um, But a lot of newer drives and even monitors use USB-C. You know, and there's also a new thing called Thunderbolt. If you have that, that's even better. It's like USB-C, but, like, supersized. (laughs) Like, uh, super-powered. Or they supercharged. Yeah. Um, it has a lot more power and throughput than the standard USB-C, so you could do better hard drives or monitors with it, so it's really cool. The new iPad Pro even has a Thunderbolt port, which is really nice. So mm-hmm. you get um, you know, a lot of cool things. You know, the neat thing is a lot of the adapters and the and standards that Apple's creating is actually catching on like that uh that firewire thing, you know. Nobody even know does anybody over here even know what firewire is? I actually had a Mac that had FireWire. I think it was 800. Isn't that used for like connecting cameras and stuff? Wasn't that Apple's? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Wow. Yep. Uh, it was it was even on PCs for a little while, but just like HD DVD and uh, every other failed product, it failed. Yep. Took a while no. though. Yeah. Um, nobody put out devices for it, so it was there, but nobody used it. So. I mean, some devices had it, but it was not nearly as popular as USB. I've even, never seen a FireWire connector, but I have seen the port, of course. Even though FireWire was much faster at the time than USB, so that, you know, you never know what's going to catch on. Mm-hmm. So those are all things to be, you know, to take in mind, you know, to think about when you go out and buy a computer. Uh, do you guys have any final comments before we wrap up uh, the topic today? Nope, I think it was a really good discussion. So, I'm set in my end. I would say, you know, basically just just like we've saying, like we've been saying, do your research because you can't necessarily make an informed decision as to what computer will best fit your needs judging by price alone. Yeah, and check your resources. You know, make sure that you're looking at reputable resources. You know, everyone's got some kind of bias. Um, and in, in most cases. Um, so just kind of check multiple places and check your facts because everyone has their bread and butter, their thing that they want to sell. So just make sure that you're checking multiple areas and looking at all the specs and kind of thinking about what you might want in a computer and, you know, what you could use it for. So, and if you, if there's a good salesperson at the store you're going to, they'll be able to help you make those decisions too. In theory, without trying to sell you on a specific type of computer. So watch out for that as well if you're going to go that route. Yeah, watch out for uh, sales employees at Best Buy that try to tell you the, the uh, Blue Snowball is the best podcasting mic. Or that, I oh, that fell into that trap. <laughs> me too. Uh, Back in 2015 for me. Yeah, luckily I never had that problem, but yeah. Because I was able to find my right resources beforehand, so I never mm-hmm. had that problem. Way to go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, there's one thing that we never talked about, but we don't have time for. And yep. Jason, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. GPUs? No. That's something I would bring up. But yeah, for, I was gonna say. For, <laughs> for a work computer, GPUs are kind of... And, and well, that's graf- true. GPUs is a graphics processing unit. And if, if you're looking at GPUs, you probably already know what those do. So, But the one thing we did not talk about that I'm surprised Jason didn't bring up can anybody guess? Can anybody Speakers? guess? Yes. You got headphones. Oh, yeah. Those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the thing. That, like, part of why I didn't really bring it up is because, you know, there are a lot of computers that have decent specs and not great speakers. So, honestly, trying to find a computer that's got great speakers 
doesn't guarantee that it's going to have amazing specs and do what you need, mm -hmm. even though, in my opinion, if you're paying thousands of dollars for a computer, it better have great speakers regardless. Um, yeah, yeah, but we should do another podcast over audio in general, you know, best speakers. Well, or... you know, I think the next the next podcast or one later than that, we we need to do a uh, the same show that we just did, but on entertainment level computers. Yes, that mm -hmm. would be cool. I think that would be, you know, a good way to really geek out and talk about, like, if you, you know, how to get the best computer for the price for what you're looking for. Then I could talk about iPads. No, I'm kidding. I could, I, I could end the show <laughs> in two words. Build it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up today. So uh, to end this off. Um, Jason, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online? So my pick for this week is a really awesome book that I have been reading. Um, it's by Andy Weir, uh, the same guy who wrote The Martian. And it's called Project Hail Mary. And uh, it's about this guy who wakes up and is uh, realizes that he's being cared for by a computer. And then he realizes that he's on a ship, and he needs to find out what his purpose is, and uh, what happened to his crew. And um, the Audible version is read by Ray Porter, the same guy that read the Babaverse books. And it's just, it's really, really good. So yeah, Project, uh, Project Hail Mary. Great, great, great book. Highly recommend. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility when I'm not reading that book. You can <laughs> search for me on uh, Twitter. You can search for me and find me at JDE91. You can email me at Jason at iAccessibility.net. And if you find me on Clubhouse, feel free to say hi. All right. Um, Lauren, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online? My pick is the Logitech. Um, Logitech Slim Combo case for the iPad. Took me long enough to get that out. Um, <laughs> I love the case. It's perfect. It has a really nice kickstand on the back. The keyboard's great. I love um, the feel of it. It's very quiet, and there's quite a bit of key travel. Um, and as far as a Bluetooth keyboard, I think it does pretty well. No, it's not Bluetooth, is it? It's, um, crap, I can't think of the terminology. It's a smart connector. Smart connector, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the best case ever. Um, so that's my pick. And as far as people, as well, ugh, as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Flenner ten, and you can find me on Instagram at Lauren underscore Flenner underscore ten, and you can email me at Lauren Flenner at iAccessibility iAccessibility.net. Oh my god. Finally, I got that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Taylor, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you? Um, my pick is something called Auphonic. And for you podcast producers out there, you probably are going to love this because basically what it does is it helps by basically making your audio better. kind of helps like level it out and kind of helps, you know, post-produce. Like, so after I edit, I put it through this Auphonic program and it basically, you know, helps level out stuff takes out background noise. In fact, it did such a good job on my last podcast that I had some comments because normally in these podcasts, you guys hear this refrigerator noise from my apartment. And it did such a good job. I kept getting comments were like, so where's your refrigerator noise? Did you move? Um, you know, that sounded awesome. How did you do that? And so Alphonic is awesome. And you get two free hours a month, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, is that it's just... It's very accessible. So I would highly recommend checking that out because what I can do is I export the video from Reaper and then I import it into Auphonic and it generates me both a video and audio file. Um, people can find me online producing content for iAccessibility. I'm also at uh, Taylor's Tech Talks on my YouTube and my podcast. Since I mentioned my podcast, you may want to go check out that last episode so you can hear how good Auphonic sounds. Um, and you can find me at uh, Taylor underscore aren't 22 
You can also email me at taylor at iaccessibility.net. And you can find me on Clubhouse. Uh, feel free to say hi. And yeah, those are where people can find me. All right. My pick for this week is on my head. Um, and <laughs> and Jason is totally jealous because he wants some of these. I have the AirPods Max. And these are the, uh, the Sky Blue model. And it is true on Clubhouse and Discord, they do sound very different from typical headphones. I just barely, you know, plug them in for a very short amount of time. They get a lot of charge. Um, and they have a smart case that's actually growing on me. I don't mind it as much. Um, they have very good design as far as how they're built. And they work really well. Audio sounds amazing through them. And you can use a, a cable to plug it into your computer um, through a headphone jack. And you listen to audio just as regular uh, audio. I have not tried the surround sound stuff with it that you get with the Apple uh, with the uh, Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus content. Uh, so I want to check that out soon. But uh, the controls for like the crown, digital crown are amazing. And the uh, um, transparency mode, the transparency mode is really really where it's at because I'm wearing these right now and I can hear everything in my environment just as if I wasn't wearing headphones and I could press a button and turn that off or turn on noise cancellation. Uh, I can hold the digital crown, turn on Siri or change my volume. And it's just, a, uh, you hear like the little clicks like you do on the Apple watch and uh, each side of the headphone has three microphones. So transparent hearing is just amazing. And, uh, I thought they kind of looked a little uh, goofy whenever I saw them, but I see them, you know, in person. And, I mean, I love them. I love how they fit. I love – now, the one thing is their cushions make my ears itchy. Um, but I just love how you can – the cushions are magnetic. You can just detach them or attach them, clean them, whatever you need to do. And it's just a very nice headset. Uh, you know, the only downside is they're $550. Uh, and the case does not cover the entire device, so, you know, that's one downside. But uh, you could charge them while in the case, and it makes them very uh, easy to, to travel with. So, highly recommend the AirPods Max. And that audio cable you're talking about does not come with the headphones. No, it does not. $30 extra from Apple. And make sure that you buy your warranty with the headphones, or else it's going to be a process to try to get your warranty. As for where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. It's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E -E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter, Michael Doeys on Facebook, and Michael Doeys on Clubhouse. Um, and I'm also Mike Doeys on um, Instagram. So follow me at all those places. Um, and I would love to chat with people about any of these uh, topics we had today. Um, so I've, I... Really enjoyed this podcast. I think we went over a lot of great topics, so it was great. Uh, one thing I want to leave you all with is that we um, now have an iAccessibility Instagram. We'll be posting things on, and I hope uh, you guys have been enjoying the morning tech tips. Uh, Lauren has been doing great uh, at putting those on the iAccessibility Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so uh, keep you know, follow those and uh, hopefully they will give you some great information. So um, thanks, Lauren, for doing that. And, uh, you know, we've got some great stuff coming up in the future. So it's, you know, really cool doing this podcast with everybody here and everybody that's been on the stream and everything else. So I, I want to thank you all for, for all of that and all of our listeners as well. So um, in, you know, our next episode is going to be episode 160 and, uh, it's exciting that uh, you know we're getting up there in the numbers, so it's great, great doing this show. So I hope people have found content uh, beneficial. So we'll see you next time. We'll we'll provide another podcast, and we will uh, do it all again in two weeks. So bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. 
Facebook, search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening. 